So I was like totally bugging. You're like really pretty. What, like it's hard? Hi, everyone. Welcome back to She's Just a Girl. And welcome to my first bonus episode. This wasn't in my original schedule of episodes that I was going to put out. Like, if you, I think I've told you before, like, I've, I've planned out the next, like, three or four months of episodes, when they're going to come out, all that kind of stuff. And this has just been on my mind ever since I saw this movie. And I really want to talk about it. So this episode might be shorter than the other ones, but I definitely want to talk about this movie. It was just so fucking good. So today we're going to talk about Barbie, obviously, if you couldn't tell from the title, but I watched it, I think like two weeks ago with my good friend Courtney, and I, I can't fucking stop thinking about it. Like that movie was so fucking good. And I think it was way deeper than people thought it was going to be like, right. Aesthetically, it's so beautiful and it's very on brand for me. But there are so many deep messages throughout the whole film that I really want to dive into here. So sit down, grab your coffee, and let's talk about it. So I think we need to start with the aesthetic of the Barbie movie. Now, this movie is entirely on brand for me. It's very pink, very girly, obviously like very Barbie core. Right. And that's a hundred percent my style. I've always been a pink girly. Literally, my phone case is pink, my water bottles are pink, my watch is pink, my laptop's pink. I, I would have a fucking pink car and a pink house if I could, if it wasn't like a million fucking dollars to get your car wrapped. But I also think it's really funny how now all of a sudden everybody wants to be a pink girly. Because I felt like for so long, I was getting judged for being like a pink girly. You know what I mean? But it's just, that's how I've always been. And I fucking love that. Like, I, I just love pink. It's a super, like, to me, that color radiates femininity. It's honestly the only color I wear. Like, I'm not going to lie. I wear black and white and gray probably six out of seven days of the week. And then on the seventh day. I'm wearing pink. I also really love that everybody wore like a full pink outfit to go watch Barbie. Like, I don't know. I love seeing all the pictures and I love seeing like how people were so creative. And me and my friend, we wore pink to go watch it. She wore this gorge, juicy couture tracksuit. And I wore um, a pink set from Milkstain Apparel. Make sure you go follow them, guys. Seriously, like, their clothes are always amazing. I'll, I'll post me wearing something from them on the Instagram in just a little bit. But, yeah, it was, it's just so cute. And then to see all, like, the supportive boyfriends or husbands or parents, you know, like, wearing pink to take their kids to go see this or take their girlfriends to go see the movie. I fucking love that. Like, oh, it's just so cute. I think kind of going along with the whole like it's super pink and it's super on brand for me. It's really hyper feminine, which is something that I absolutely adore because me, I embrace femininity and I'm not afraid to celebrate femininity. 
living in Wyoming, it's, I hope this doesn't come off like rude, but I feel like a lot of the women in Wyoming and not, not even just the women. I feel like a lot of people who live in Wyoming are very simple, very plain, like people wear jeans and a t-shirt and they call it good. And I've seen people here get married in like jeans and a button down. And like, if that's your thing, that's your thing. Like, I'm not judging you for it, but that's not me. Like, I don't know. I also feel like women here don't wear a lot of crazy makeup. Like there's not a lot of us who do. And when I leave the house in an outfit or with an extravagant amount of makeup on with the intricate eye look and it's like deemed too much or like too risque it fucking sucks because people are so quick to give you that little like side eye and you know maybe make a comment here or there but it's so funny because when I was in New York City and I was wearing this exact same outfit people were loving it you know like I'm not afraid to take risks when it comes to outfits like I've literally worn lingerie in public. Of course, I like dressed it up like you weren't seeing my fucking everything hanging out. But I definitely am not scared to try something new. And I know it fits my body. I know it's flattering. So I'm going to wear it and I'm going to do my makeup because that makes me feel good about myself. So again, I'm not like judging the women who live here who or not even just live here, but anywhere who like choose to be a little bit more toned down but my whole life I feel like especially pre-transition I I always toned everything down right because I was living in a body and expressing a gender that I did not identify with even if I didn't have the words to put how I was feeling you know into words I I always toned it down and now that I'm you know proud I'm on oh god year six of my transition, you're six or seven, whatever. I am radiating femininity. I'm toning it up because my entire life right now is dedicated to focusing on more, more love, more expression, more freedom, just more everything. I feel like this ties into aesthetic, but can we talk about this soundtrack for this fucking movie? Like, perfect. I don't know if there's any other soundtrack for a movie that is more perfect than this because it's so diverse, not only in the artist who sang songs for this film, but the range of emotions that this soundtrack takes you on. And I want to talk about just like a few of my favorite songs from the movie. Um, the first one I thought of was Drive by Charlie XCX. Have y'all ever heard Vroom Vroom by Charlie XCX? It's like a super chaotic song about driving. And it's so funny. It's like a little inside joke. Not honestly, not even inside joke with me and my boyfriend. It's a joke with me and everybody in my life. I am a notoriously bad driver. I think I hit a curb like every single day of my life. <laughs> and it's so funny because drive and Vroom Vroom, they just like, in my own head, justify my shitty driving because it's like so chaotic and all that. And I'm not a bad driver in the sense that like I'm reckless. I'm just I'm just not a good fucking driver. Like ask my boyfriend. He'll tell you. And I've actually showed him both of these songs. 
And he's like, yeah, well, now I see, like, where you get your shitty driving from. I just think it's so funny. Oh, my God. Of course, we can't forget the iconic dance scene to Dance the Night Away by Dua Lipa. Now, that song is super fucking girly pop. It makes me just want to, like, dance. It reminds me of summer and just feeling amazing. I'm actually trying right now to learn the dance from the movie to that song. It's just so fucking cute. And like for me, I'm a super girly pop person. I mean, we've established that by now. But especially when it comes to music, like Ariana Grande is my absolute fucking queen. I love everything she's ever put out. And I think I love her so much because so many of her songs are they make you want to fucking get up and shake your ass, you know? Like, they are good party songs, good dancing songs, good hype-up songs. And that's how I feel about this one. Okay, we also have to talk about, and I know everybody's probably sick of this song because it's all over TikTok right now, but What Was I Made For by Billie Eilish fucking wrecked me. That song is so beautiful. It's so emotional. And I've loved Billie Eilish for years now because her storytelling throughout her music is fucking amazing. I feel like that song really is the deepest song from the movie, right? Because we have the other two that are like just super girly pop and make you want to dance and all that. But this song, you have to like sit down and think about what the lyrics are saying. And it'll fucking make it'll just destroy you. It'll make you cry because that song's all about forgetting where we are in our journey. And it makes us really question our place in the world. And the whole movie, right, is about wanting to learn what your life's purpose is. And it oh, my God, it's just this song fits so fucking good for the movie. But it also is so relatable for so many of us young women who, if you're like me, I feel like for most of my life, I had a, I had a path set out for me, right? You're going to get through school. So from what, four to 17, you go through school and then you go to college, right? So I had pretty much my whole life planned out for me until I was about 22. And then I graduated college and I was like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? Because nobody ever tells you about that, right? There's, of course, right? Everybody's like, oh, you go to college, you get a good job, then you get married, you have a family, all that. And then you graduate college and you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like, I don't know. It's just so fucking crazy to me because I'm sitting here now, I'm four years out of college and I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. I'm trying to figure out my place in this world as far as like, what am I meant to be doing? And of course, right. And my dream is that this podcast is what I'm supposed to be doing because I feel so fucking passionate about it. But who knows, right? This could maybe not be the path I was supposed to go down. I think the one line from this song that had the deepest impact on me was when she said, I'm sad again. Don't tell my boyfriend. It's not what he's made for. And I have shared my relationship 
with you all, you know, not everything, of course, but I've, I've shared the general dynamic of my relationship. Now, my boyfriend is my go-to for everything, for the good days, for the bad days, for, for, for anything. And more recently, I've noticed, maybe it's, you know, because of the lows with my bipolar, but I've been having a lot more sad days recently. And whenever I feel that way, my first instinct is to call my boyfriend. And while, yes, as a partner, it is his job to be supportive and to hear me out and to try and comfort me, right? But it's not his job to fix me or to fix my problems. So sometimes I feel guilty going to him because I'm like, I'm putting more shit onto your plate and like, that's not fair. But it's also right. Like I said, like as a partner, that that's kind of the expectation, not the expect. It's one of the expectations I have is that you're a person I can come to for all of this bullshit. But it's such a catch 22, right? Because if you do it too much, you come off as like moody and emotional and not in control of your emotions. But if you don't do it enough, you just seem like a psychopath. I don't know. It's fucking weird. But listen to that song and really dive into the lyrics and see how it applies to your life. Because I'm telling you right now, it applies to you so much for when you are going through some shit. And while we are navigating these years of our 20s and trying to figure out who we are. Now, while I love the Barbie movie aesthetically, like I mentioned earlier, there are so many deeper messages and meanings to this film. And I think that's, that's probably what made me love the movie more, right? Of course, I was going to watch it because it, it's fucking Barbie. But after watching it and reflecting on all these messages, I, that really put it in to my, to my favorite movies of all time. I think one of the main messages from the movie is the, the transition that we have from girlhood to womanhood. In girlhood, we're very innocent. We aren't aware of the flaws that we have. And we don't know until later in our lives that we will develop the deepest insecurities if we don't meet the set beauty standard. And that's another topic right talked about in the movie is that Barbie has set these unrealistic beauty standards for women. And I don't think that's necessarily true anymore. It might have been right when Barbie was all we had, but now we're into this world of social media and pop culture. And I feel like that has honestly pushed this unrealistic beauty standard for what we should look like. And I'm guilty of falling into that trap as well. I am very much obsessed with the Kardashians. And honestly, that's what I want to look like. Whenever I started getting lip filler or hair extensions, anything like that, I've always told whoever is doing these services for me, I want to look like Kim Kardashian. Like that, in, in my mind, that is the idea of beauty. That is my image of ideal femininity. And when I don't meet those unrealistic expectations, 
I feel so insecure and I beat myself up and then I feel like shit about it. And I think it also ties into the societal expectations of women that we don't know about when we're younger. And I, it's hard for me because I did not have the experience of my childhood growing up as a girl, if that makes sense. I feel like the earlier, like two or three years of my transition was my girlhood. And now I'm into the womanhood of my transition. It's like the weirdest thing. And I feel like not a lot of people can understand that. To be honest, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that whole concept. But it's weird, right? Because a lot of those lessons that a lot of women learn when they're, you know, 12, 13, 14, I didn't learn until I was. 19, 20, 21. But I feel like I'm kind of on this expedited track to where now at 26, I'm like, okay, I I feel like the problems I am having as a 26-year-old woman, a lot of other women are having as a 26-year-old woman, if that makes any sense. But sorry, back to where I was going with that. Um, I'm sure you've seen it all over social media, but there is America Ferreira's character, Gloria, she gave a whole long monologue. And I'm not going to sit here and read the whole thing to you because I I honestly don't want to. And I know you probably don't want to hear that because you've heard it for like the past month. But I just want to touch on a few specific lines from that. The opening line is probably the most impactful because she says, it is literally impossible to be a woman. You are so beautiful and so smart, and it kills me that you don't think you're good enough. Good enough. Holy fuck, I can't talk. And that, to me, just reminds me that we will constantly doubt ourselves, and we will always picture what our lives would look like if we were enough. And we don't take into consideration that maybe we already are. And this is something that my therapist has tried to drill into my head is quit thinking about what life would look like if you were good enough and focus on the fact that you are good enough now as you are. And it's hard because I feel like, right, we're, we're chasing this unrealistic beauty standard. We're trying to fit in with what we see on social media. And it always makes us feel like we're not good enough. So I'm here to tell you that you already are good enough. And you need to focus on that and remember that. The other line from that monologue that really stuck with me is when she said, you're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be a part of the sisterhood. Now, this really fucking hits me hard because what I always think about is how men will fall in love with the way you look when you first meet them and they're instantly attracted to that. But once you're with that man for quite a while, suddenly it becomes too much and the outfits are too revealing and the makeup is too heavy. And they don't want you to show that much off. And I 
I'm not trying to say that my boyfriend is guilty of this, but we've definitely had some times where some of the outfits I choose to wear, he sees as being too risque or anything like that. And I think I finally kind of realized like kind of where he's coming from. And we, we've honestly found a good middle ground, but I've always told him, I'm like, you literally met me when I was wearing a bra as a shirt. Like, hello. Like, obviously I'm still like that girl is still in here. Right. And like I've said before, I am not afraid to experiment with clothing and to wear things that other women are not going to wear. It just, it makes me so fucking excited. And I feel like it really is part of my personality coming out, right? That extra, still leaving so much to the imagination, but revealing a lot at the same time. The second part of that quote talks about women who view other women as competition. And I feel like this, this happens because of the insecurities that we have based on this fucked up beauty standard that we're all subjected to. And it makes us constantly compare ourselves to others. And that is the worst thing you could ever do. If you compare yourself to another woman who is thinner or tanner or has longer hair than you or anything like that, you're setting yourself up for failure. Because you, again, are not viewing yourself as good enough or unique as you are. And that's not the whole point, right? Like, we are supposed to be different. That's what's supposed to make us so great. That's the one thing that makes us human is that we are all different. And comparing yourself to somebody else. And don't, here, like, don't get me wrong. I am so guilty of this. I am constantly comparing myself to other women. But I feel like I also remind myself that I am beautiful in my own kind of way and that my femininity might not be the same as another woman's femininity, but we are still on the same team here. You know what I mean? It's, it's just fucking, it's weird. It's hard. I don't know. It fucking sucks to be a woman sometimes, but here we are. We're all doing it. And the sisterhood that she talks about often gets confused as we're only sisters with the women that are like us or who look like us, who share common interests with us. And I don't think that's true. Like, we are all a sisterhood. I don't know. That whole, like, honestly, now talking about it, I'm like, this fucking quote is so deep. Like, I, I don't even know if I can, like, fully articulate the deeper meanings behind it. Now, this next quote isn't from America Ferreira's monologue, but I think it's the quote from the movie that hit me the absolute hardest. And I actually just posted this on my Instagram story like a few days ago, but it's when Barbie is having her existential crisis and she's crying and says, I'm not pretty anymore. And that really fucked me up because it made me think about how as I am getting older, and I know what some of you are going to say, like, shut the fuck up. You're only 26, like, blah, blah, blah. But 26 from 21, a lot changes. And, you know, suddenly we look in the mirror and our skin isn't as smooth and our body starts to change and we start having stretch marks or cellulite 
And it immediately changes the way that we think about ourselves. And for me, I remember after I had had all of my surgeries and I saw this massive fucking hole in the middle of my stomach, I broke down. And I remember texting my friend, Alicia. Uh, Alicia, if you're hearing this, like, I, I'm not sure if you remember it anyways, but I remember texting her, I texting her and I told her, I'm never going to be seen as sexy again or beautiful again because my body is now wrecked because I just had a million fucking surgeries on my stomach and now I have this gigantic wound on my stomach that's going to heal into a huge scar that I don't feel like I'm ever going to be good enough or be attractive ever again. And I'm literally tearing up right now thinking about when I said that. Because now, you know, after some time, I've really embraced my scar because I feel like it tells a story of me overcoming a really fucked up situation. And it, I don't know. It also happens for me when I'm feeling very dysphoric and when I feel like I'm not feminine enough or I'm not small enough or I'm coming off too masculine. And I feel like that's a, that's something that not a lot of women would ever relate to. But me as a trans woman, right? I feel like I am always putting on this. I have to always be feminine in order to be seen as a woman, which is so fucked up because like, I feel like even on my lowest days when I'm like in sweats and a messy bun, I'm still radiating femininity. <laughs> but I don't know. Sometimes I get in my own head and I'm like, I'm not being feminine enough. I'm not presenting myself as womanly as I would like to. I don't know. It's just that quote really hit me because I've been there. I have felt that exact feeling. One of the deeper meanings from the movie doesn't come until like five minutes before the movie's ending, but the love letter to mothers that this movie has or portrays, I guess. But at the end of the film, there is a quote that ripped my heart right out of my chest and made me cry. And the quote was, we mothers stand still so our daughters can look back to see how far they've come. And I think the reason this hit me so hard is because my mom put her whole life on pause to raise her kids. She had me when she was 17 years old. And for the past 26 years, her entire life has been devoted on raising me, my brother, and my sister. and. She always pushed us to do more than she was ever able to do. You know, whenever I travel, she's always so happy for me. Like when I went to New York City, she was so happy because that's somewhere she had always wanted to go. And she wanted to see all the pictures. She wanted to know exactly what I did. She wanted to know what the subway was like. Because she didn't get to do that when she was my age. You know, when she was 26, she had a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a one-year-old. Like, that's fucking crazy, right? So she wasn't just able to take a spur-of-the-moment trip to New York City like how I did. And 
she always pushed me to go to college because that was something she didn't have the opportunity to go do. And when I graduated, I'll, I'll never forget that day I went to her hotel room because she was steaming my gown for me and she was crying and she just kept telling me how proud she was of me. And, and then I was crying because, you know, like to hear that your parents are so proud of you is that's something so amazing. And she has always pushed me and supported me to follow my dreams. And she's always happy for me wherever I end up because I, I, again, I'm doing things that she wasn't able to do. And it made me think about how once our moms decide to become mothers, their life is no longer about them. All of their attention and focus goes on to their children and raising kids who they want to see succeed. And they want their kids to have everything that they've ever wanted and to be able to do those things that they were never able to do. And our moms put their dreams to the side in the hope that we daughters will find our own dreams and follow our dreams. And it makes me super emotional. Like I, I feel like I've literally, this is the second time I've cried in this fucking episode, but it makes me emotional because I have the best mom. And I know not a lot of people have a good relationship with their mom. And I haven't always had a good relationship with my mom, but I have the best mom. And I texted her right after I left the movie theater. And I just, I shared that quote with her and I told her I'm so grateful that she's my mom because she's the best fucking mom. <laughs> and she's just, she's so fucking great. I, like, it, seriously, it makes me cry. I'm literally crying right now. Ooh, okay, done crying. <laughs> um, but I think that the Barbie movie has faced a lot of controversy because a lot of people are labeling it as being anti-men. And that's not the case at all. The Barbie movie is not anti-men. It's anti-patriarchy. And if you don't know what the patriarchy is, it's the social construction that men are superior to women and hold all of the power. And this is fucked up for a lot of reasons. Like, honestly, my whole college experience, you know, studying sociology and gender and women's studies, I learned a lot about the patriarchy and how fucked up it is. And I feel like Barbie accurately depicts how the patriarchy is detrimental to women, but it also really focuses on how detrimental it is to men too, to men's mental health, to limiting men's creativity, and how the patriarchy inhibits them from self-actualizing. The patriarchy, I feel like for men to fit into the patriarchy, right? It requires a constant performance of hegemonic and stereotypical masculinity that is almost always a facade to hide men's insecurities. And men deserve better than that. They deserve better than to derive their worth from a rigid performance of masculinity. I think that with men, right? Just as us women are trying to fit into a society that fucking hates us, men are trying to fit into a society where they are superior, 
where they are seen and valued as being in a position of power, being as a presence who commands power and it's fucked up. We're both, we're all in this performative state when it's like, we, we, we can't even be our true authentic selves half the time because we're just trying to fucking fit into the mold that has been expected of us. And I think that acknowledging the difference between what is anti-man or men and anti-patriarchy is essential to seeing both sides of the equation. And seeing how men or women, nobody is set up to succeed because we are so set into these boxes that are fucked up. It, it, it's fucking stupid. It's literally the dumbest thing. And I hate that our society has created this idea. And of course, right, we're always fighting the patriarchy. And I feel like we've gotten to a really decent place right now in 2023. But I feel like we're on the up and ups. So hopefully that trend continues. And hopefully soon there will be no more patriarchy. Overall, I fucking love the Barbie movie. And I truly think it's a movie made for everybody. I think that everybody who watches it could get some value from it. As like, honestly, as soon as it fucking comes on to streaming, I'm going to be watching this movie over and over and over. And I really want my boyfriend to watch this movie with me. So I'm going to make him do it. He would not go to the theaters with me to go see it. But I'll just make him like sit down at home and watch it. <laughs> but just want to say thank you so much for listening to this little bonus episode. I know it was kind of all over the place. Um, and I'm not even going to lie to you guys. I didn't even start writing my outline for this until last night when I made the post about making a bonus episode. <laughs> so thank you for bearing with me and make sure you're following all the socials. Make sure you're following my socials. Again, everything is listed in the episode or not episode podcast description. <laughs> and yeah, just make sure you're following me on everything. I feel like I've been talking about a lot of deep shit lately on this podcast. So now I think it's time for us to have some fun and talk just girly things. So the next episode is going to be all about the movies that I grew up on. And honestly, probably all the movies that you've grown up on as well. And how they've helped shape me into the woman I am today. So that's it for this one. Again, thank you for bearing with me through this kind of all over the place episode. I hope it wasn't too chaotic. And I will talk to y'all next week.